And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it's it's autumn. We're right here where the first frost is starting to come. Now, now you if you're a true gardener, you're getting into this, you're just starting, you need to know a couple things. One is what's your last frost? In the spring season, when do I start planting my summer plants? And that's in the central highlands area. That's going to be Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Cordes Junction, Dewey, Prescott Valley, Paulden, Prescott, of course, all the way over the hill to Skull Valley, Kirkland. We're all kind of the same kind of zone. Yeah, it might vary by a couple of days, but pretty much Mother's Day. Prescott exactly with 100 years of data is May 8th is our last frost date. You folks in Prescott Valley, that's I think May 9th or 10th. So it's like it's like two days. You, you folks down in the, in the Verde area, you get fooled because you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm lower elevation. I'll be fine. I'm, I can start early. But that cold air spills over the, the, the ridgelines and settles down on top of you. So you get this, this inversion that happens. So really... Uh, you're maybe end of, maybe you're a week earlier. Maybe it's May 1 or April 28th or whatever, but it's pretty much, yeah, you, you can start planting, just be ready for a frost if it happens. And then the first frost of the year, that's when do, when does, when does that summer garden start to be taken out? And that's going to be in, in Prescott, Arizona. It's October 28th, a hundred years of data. We've been tracking this. October 28th is traditionally the, now the thing with averages, <laughs> uh, well, 50 of those years where it was well into November and the other 50, it was like middle of October, but the average is the 28th. So just be ready. So if you've got tomatoes, you've got loaded up with fruit, you have some sheets ready, be ready to, to harvest those, pick them off just in case. So that, but, but we're right there. So it's fall colors everywhere. Uh, that has to do more with not cold in the evening. Your your trees turning color has way more to do with uh, day parts. How long is the day? And that's what makes a difference. That's what gets them to turn. So that they, they're used to working with the environment, just knowing when things, when I should start. Uh, they don't want to be surprised. They want to go to bed. They, they're putting themselves to sleep, basically hibernating for the winter. Perennials do that. Your flowers are hibernating underground. Some of them will take a lot of cold. They'll go right into fall and they'll be, I mean, they're, I mean, uh, uh, Bradford pear or, or ornamental pears. They, they don't turn color until December, you know, Thanksgiving. So they're a month out yet. But some of your sumacs, they're almost done. So there's this progression, this wave of, of color that happens throughout the year, throughout the autumn season. I wrote an article this weekend. It was the uh, language of houseplants, symbolism and spiritual meaning of houseplants. I thought I'd share a couple of those ideas. I thought, just thought it was a super interesting uh, why people have give, give houseplants as presents, as gifts, as, as housewarmings, as college graduations, as wedding, just this why. And so I thought I'd go over a couple of them. It's just super interesting. And all these are available at the garden center. We just loaded up with a bunch of, of houseplants. So as our outdoor gardens start to shut down, you can actually plant cool season things. So pansies love the cold. It's the time to put those in. Mums, they're beautiful. Uh, snapdragons, they'll bloom to the end of the year. Maples, evergreens, all your evergreen shrubs, hedgerows, they're all put in now. 
But if you're done with tomatoes, you're going, I've been working so hard. I've, I can't can anymore. Oh my goodness. The apples are about to be harvested. I can't pick another bushel of apples. If you want to come indoors, plant some houseplants, play with those. Uh, Chinese money plant. This is, uh, it's, a, it's a plant that's believed to be bestow great wealth and fortune upon the owner, primarily because of its round coin-shaped leaves. So Chinese money plant, that's just fun. So if you want to make, you want to have more wealth, surround yourself, put them in the office, Chinese money plants. They'll just, their vibe will come off of you. Uh, Ivy, Ivy has, as basically a plant, it symbolizes eternal life because it's evergreen, evergreen foliage. Uh, so uh, the Christians, Think of it as, as it remains evergreen. So it's always perennial coming to life. And so consider buying a, an ivy for someone that's kind of remind them to keep pushing forward, keep going. You can keep growing. That's an ivy plant. Dracaena or corn plant. That's one with the long stems. It can be cute, but it's eventually going to grow up into the size of corn. It gets quite tall. In fact, sometimes they get too big for for a living room, even with vaulted ceilings and go to the top. But Dracaena is cleaning and purification. They're, they're famous for their air purification. So the ancient Greeks, uh, that's the, where the word Dracaena came from. Dracania or female dragon is the kind of how it translates uh, from ancient Greek it, because of the red stems. And so they're, they're describing that. So it represents dragon's blood. Uh, so, but the resin actually, was used to cleanse or energy cleansing uh, incense before spiritual celebration. So there's a lot of different uses. So this goes way, way, thousands of years back. Uh, philodendron, that's abundance, love, and good health. Uh, so that one is, is, that one will live actually a long time without even water. And so it just used a lot of room for forgiveness. And so it just goes, yeah. Yeah, we'll just make it go. So it's it's a lesson in forgiveness and, and adaptation. So you give those, it's, it's, it's like an olive branch you give to someone uh, that you might seek forgiveness from. So that's philodendron. Lucky bamboo, of course. That's like, that's one that's woven so many times. That's virtue and, and elegance. So that's what that represents. So good fortune, happiness, health, and strength. That's bamboo is very, very strong. Grows fast, but it's, but the bamboo stems are extremely strong. They're actually hard for pruners to even go through. And so that's a good one for um, lucky bamboo going off into a dorm room. Uh, you're, it's a housewarming gift. We wish nothing but well for you. That's lucky bamboo. And so, and palm trees, that's peace and abundance. And so the Christians, uh, as, as Christ was coming into Jerusalem, a week before, this is Palm Sunday, famous. They, they would throw palm lamp branches in front of his donkey as he rode into Jerusalem. So it, it's uh, just peace and abundance. It was symbol symbolic. This goes way back even before Christ's time, but that's what it represented. And that's why they did that in the Bible times. And so Palm Sunday, it's just there's the Egyptians see palms as tree of life. So it's got a lot of profound meaning. Orchids. That's yeah, there are lots of orchids out there. That's one with the uh, they grow in the in the rainforest up in the up in the branches. They don't even need soil. And so they represent love, beauty, and luxury. So that's one. The Greeks actually, uh, virility, 
they they would give them to uh, new couples. They put them in the bedrooms because it'd help you kind of have children kind of thing. So it's kind of, uh, that's, that's what it's for. So it's a great one to give to as a wedding gift, couples that are trying to be, have kids, that kind of stuff. That's orchids. So love, beauty, and luxury. And the last one is peace lilies. So peace lilies are peace, uh, positivity, purity, enlightenment. And so the Buddhist, Hindus, and the Japanese cultures, they love using this for enlightened, for, for, for um, kind of purity. So feng shui, they use a lot of, of uh, peace lilies and feng shui kind of ha- have the flow of the energy go through a house. And so that's one that's that's great to have. It's, it's wisdom, tranquility. Uh, that, that's one that you want in your, in your office. So take it to the, to the law office or down in your downstairs study. You just want to have more of that, that peaceful or really big, thick, dark, green foliage. And then peace lilies have that flower that comes up that has that white flower. It's so beautiful. It's fragrant, actually. So some of the meanings, you want to take a look at that. I'm sure it's up on our, our blog already. So watersgardencenter.com blog. It's right there. And then it's also published by the Daily Courier, Prescott News. Uh, God, that's it's all over the place. And if you're part of the Waters Garden Club, I make sure you get an early release. And I don't have the editors tweaking everything and taking things out, misspelling stuff. It's actually from my desktop to yours with the embedded links on more, where to buy them, where to shop for them. Or you just come down to Waters Garden Center. I love talking houseplants with folks. That's it for this segment. Got a lot in store this show for you. Be right back after this.